You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Eddie Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday, and it is, uh, we're back to school now. Yes. Which also means we resume, after a summer hiatus, we resume Mental Health Mondays. I'm so excited. <laughs> I love this. Which also means new book with, with our great regular guest for Mental Health Mondays, Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. Good morning, Heidi. Morning. Like, just so you know, every year we won't have a new book. Like, I just feel like we have You've set the expectation, no so... President yep. here. No. New book next year, Heidi. We're expecting it now. <laughs> funny. Funny. Funny, guys. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to dig into that in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Mental Health Mondays. You gave us a little heads up on this when we wrapped up last season back at the at the end of what May, I think it was. I think it May, was May. May. Yeah. You gave us a heads up that, that we're going to be taking a look at a book on emotions and <laughs> it actually releases tomorrow. It's available tomorrow from Concordia Publishing House, yes. which is super exciting. Emotions and the Gospel created to connect, is that right? Created for created connection. For for yeah. connection. For connection. I should have it in front of me. Sarah actually has a physical copy. I have a physical copy. Because and it's, it's wonderful. It's not in anyone's hands yet because it comes out tomorrow from yes. Concordia Publishing House. Emotions and the gospel. Before we even dig into the questions for the introduction in this, where did where did the idea for this begin? Is it because you spent so much time with us and you realized that you needed to write a book about emotions and the gospel? Yeah, like Andy and Sarah. This will be helpful for you. You need help with this area. No, it's interesting to me because like the way that things come about like that, like you're saying, obviously emotions is a very big part of my work as a therapist. And I spent a lot of time with lots of different age groups. And then I also in my work in the church and speaking on mental health and trying to expand that conversation, found that this was a huge place where we had a lot of misunderstanding. And I think a lot of hidden shame about emotion and the way maybe that God views them, again, based on misunderstandings. And so it also wasn't something we were talking about very much. There'd be like the occasional cherry-picked ID on social media. That, and there just isn't a lot, I think, of conversation around it. And so, you know, Jesus and everything, and I love to consider the theology of a thing. Like, how does God think about this? What does the Bible have to say about this? So I just started diving in for my own kind of independent study, as well as I had done a couple of family presentations. And this was definitely an area that people wanted to learn about, particularly for their kids. And as I went and research schools and did presentations too, people wanted to be talking about it. And then I really started to understand too, that the gospel was the part that we really were challenged to see in emotions. And so it developed on its own from there. I do not think that there is, no, that's overstated. Let me rewind. <laughs> I think that emotions is one of the areas that we feel the most vulnerable before God and other people, one of the areas. And so I had written a chapter on emotions in Finding Hope, and it seemed of all the chapters, resilience is maybe another one too, but of all the chapters that this needed so much more need to be said 
So it really grew out of that. And when I turned into CPH, like a list of some ideas for what we should be working on next, they were like, this one we needed seven years ago. If you could start work on this one, that would be great. And so, yeah, it feels like good timing. We do know a little bit more than we used to as far as like neurobiology and emotion regulation and things like that um, from a scientific vantage point. But there's also very little texts out there on emotions from a scriptural vantage point that isn't what I would consider to be a little too prescriptive, you know, telling you how to handle it is I'm not sure what the Bible does <laughs> for us with our emotions. And so I, I'm excited. I think it dives into more of the theology of it along with some tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was super excited for this book to come out. Like like you said, it's something, I mean, we live every day with our emotions and with our inner thoughts and feelings, and yet we so rarely talk about it, but they affect so many things. And so I'm I'm very, very excited to dive in to this book with you and talk about all of these, all of these great things. And I I, I feel like we should also put the a disclaimer on this. I think it says multiple times in the introduction and the author's note that this is not a self-help book, right? Amen. Right. Can, can we say it again? So let's say it again. <laughs> this, this is not a self-help book. Thank right. you. Right. All together. This it's not, is not self- therapy. This yes. is not therapy. Please go get therapy on your own. <laughs> right. How many times do we say that on Mental Health Monday? Because, I mean, the reality is, is we really want a thing to fix it. Right. Like we want a thing to make it better, to make our relationship with this thing called emotions and even our relationship with God better. The reality is, is that's not how it works. And you'll hear me say again and again during this series that God is, uh, he's not in the business of fixing our emotions. He has his face set toward restoration. And so where the world rightfully so looks at regulation, you know, we're going to talk about regulation, but God is in the business of restoration. He does not manage us. And I think that's a really important foundation. And, you know, like I said, we'll get into all of that. But I think especially when we pick something up so that things can be better at the outset, then that is a barrier to us connecting with God. And that's what we want is to connect with God. The self-help industry too makes dollars and dollars and dollars every year. And while there's nothing wrong with that, like it is a a Jesus-focused book. And I don't want that to get in the way of people's ability to come before God and rest in Him and be tended by His gospel. Yeah, yeah. And just from personal experience now, this book dovetails very nicely with working with a mental health professional. So you can get you can get the good mental health professional side of of thinking through emotions and dealing with them, but then you bring this this angle of of where this fits in the church. And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful combination of things for for people and their mental health. So what do we actually know? about emotions? You know, the the short answer is very little. (laughs) We just know so little about our brains more than any other part of our body and our nervous systems. We're starting to understand more, right? Like, I think that's why we're so much more aware and attuned to concepts that have to do with our vagal nerve, that have to do with vagal tone, and that have to do with, you know, interpersonal neurobiology and things like that. But I think I've actually even sent on this podcast before that um, 
I was listening to a, a different podcast another time, and the the host really wanted this neurosurgeon or neurobiologist to say how much we knew about the brain. And they were like, I'm not going to do that because I can't guess how much we know about the brain, right? As soon as I say it, I'll be totally wrong and be terrible. And they finally got this neuro uh, professional to say that we know about 0.0000, you know, just keep adding the zeros, 1% that we have to know about the brain. And I think that's such a cool thing in my world that speaks so much to God and how he reveals things to us over time and how we get to learn and grow in things. And it's also okay to say when we don't know that we're still learning. And that's part of the process. It's a beautiful thing from God. And so we do know more than we used to. And I think that's also an important part of the, one of the reasons I wrote the book is because there's We've had so much more research than we once had about this. And also, I think we are in a really good time where we're being a little more honest about scripture and how it is truth, right? With a capital T. And it's also has languages <laughs> that are not our own. And we have to dive into those languages, which, you know, praise God for that being valued in our particular church body, but that I've seen that more broadly, I guess, in the Christian church. And I think that's a really good thing. And so we're a little more open to then what the Bible does have to say in those languages and how we need maybe a little help to understand that and to broaden our viewpoint of it instead of picking a single verse about anxiety, say, <laughs> like attributing everything to that. And so I think that's a pretty cool thing in the way it comes together. I think that we also know things about the way that our body regulates emotions, but again, only so much about that. And so we're constantly, and it says that in the author's note, that we're always learning new things every day. Guess what is solid is scripture. And we can go back to it. We do that in the book over and over again. Well, here's some things we know from what the Bible tells us. Like for instance, that emotions are all over the Bible, that it's not always emotional in every verse, but at the same time, there's more of it than we thought. And so maybe if we couple that with what we're starting to learn about our bodies and the way they work, and believe that God made them, we can come up with some pretty powerful things that we can learn about ourselves as well as our creator. Yeah, I think it was another guest, not a Mental Health Monday, was it Pastor Kevin Twitt mm -hmm. from Indelible Grace mentioned that the Psalter was mm -hmm. just a, you know, the Psalms yeah. are yep. so full of emotions and yep. like, oh, never really thought of it that way, but yeah. They definitely <laughs> right, are. Right. A fun Heidi writing fact that I think is really important actually is I, in order to prep for this, I took a whole year and every day I read a passage in scripture, a, like a segment of scripture, four chapters or so. And I did it in the order I thought that the books were the most emotional, like, you know, to like judge my own preconception and, and just to walk into my bias and see what that was like. And so I have two journals, one Old Testament and one New Testament, and I write every word or it, uh, that's emotional or emotion adjacent in, in uh, you can open them up and see every chapter of scripture. And, and I used a couple different translations and then occasionally would dive into the Greek and Hebrew. But I just think it, it was a really surprising journey is what I'll say. It's a very surprising journey. And so it was cool to expand out from like the Psalms to like many other books and see how they complement those books that we consider to be emotional. Hmm. So we've talked about being vulnerable, talked about emotions and oh, I just looked at the clock. <laughs> 
different. I have so many questions. <laughs> we'll do that in just a moment. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. It is Mental Health Money. We're talking with Dinkin' is Heidi Gaiman. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Mental Health Monday with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. We are taking a look at the introduction. I think that's where we are today. <laughs> we have barely gotten into emotions it. <laughs> and the, <laughs> emotions and the Gospel from Deaconess Heidi Gaiman and Concordia Publishing House releases tomorrow. And so where are emotions welcome in our lives? Do we like try to keep them only in certain parts of our lives? And why are they not welcome in other parts of our lives? Do we do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's some of that. I think it's so interesting because this is an area where there's both like a cultural, you know, overlay. We experience it in our culture, in our time and place. And we have to be honest about what that culture thinks and teaches and kind of the undertones of that. But then we also experience it very individually, right? Like our family belief systems and the way that emotions were welcome in our homes for it up and what we try to do with them now. And then also like our employment and vocational areas and how they impact us. And then our own processing in our unique systems and how uncomfortable or unpleasant and how pleasant certain emotions feel to us. So that's, you know, really quite an individualized thing. I would say that some of this is actually kind of good. Like emotions are for every moment of every day, like big emotion, especially at the same time, we are generally always experiencing them. Like I like to call it emotion soup. You you usually have more than one going on at any given time. And we don't, we, we use our reason, but we also use that information known as emotion that comes up inside of us to, to judge and discern is a good Christian word, I feel like, for what we're doing each moment of each day in our interactions with others, as well as um, setting goals and creating ideas and things like that too. And so emotions are ever present, I think. So that's part of it. The other thing is there is safer places for them, right? Like family, intimate relationships. We want to see honestly more emotion there than we see in other places because they can hold that vulnerability that comes with emotion with us in ways that we feel safe and that we can get the feedback that we need and accountability as well as grace to be messy and make mistakes and process and, and to not have someone um, judge us in those moments and to give us positive regard and things like that. And so emotions should be welcome everywhere. And they also should have spaces that are safer for us. Mm -hmm. So how does that play into how we talk about emotion in the church? How would you describe the, the church's relationship with emotion? 
<laughs> this could go on. I'm just going to run you. I think it's so complex. And that's really the introduction, right? Is the reader, if you pick it up, you'll see just those layers of complexity that are there. And when you walk away up from each chapter, there's a few tidbits, you know, to take away, if you will. And over and over again, it's that let's just let them be complex. And part of the reason they're complex is because God is complex, because he can't be put in a box. He's an emotional God. We'll get into all of that, but we're going to experience them then as complex as well. And so I don't think, while the church is a place of complexity, right, like spirituality and, and law and gospel and all of that is so complex, and we should, to some degree, be some of the best places to hold complexity because we believe in just that law and gospel. We hold tension. <laughs> That's what we do, especially in our church body with our doctrine and beliefs about that love and justice. Like that's who God is, and that's a tension. It's held together. However, just because we're human, <laughs> we want the single answer to something and we will pendulum swing to something that feels a little easier than holding attention of something. And emotions are particularly like this. We have, we end up making up ideas about ones that are right and ones that are wrong to experience, ones that are godly or ones that are ungodly. And, and instead, we're, we're best served when we let them just be complex. I think we are occasionally afraid that emotions will take over the church. And that's a whole nother layer, right? Like I, I have a story in there about a meeting I sat in that they didn't want women to be a part of this particular meeting because they felt like they would bring too much emotion to them. And there's many and various reasons why that is a very uncomfortable statement for me. And you'll find some of them in the book. But at the same time, let's be honest about that conversation is what place do emotions have? How can we hold emotions with the tension of logic and reason and our prefrontal cortex and processing and all of that so that we can then discern and let God work in a restorative fashion wherever he needs to, as well as let us use our gifts to their fullest instead of to their limitedness. Mm. Well, you give several personal examples throughout the book, and you just referred to one already. So I think it's, if it's all right, I think it's fair to ask a personal question. What has been your relationship with emotion? Oh, yeah. I mean, when, when I wrote the book, the first phrase I used, and you can see this too, if you go to the homepage for the book, which I think will be a link in the show notes likely mm -hmm. over on the Concordia Publishing House page, you can see a tiny like one, two minute video that I talk about a little bit about my own complicated relationship with emotions. And I really start there. I think we have to be, again, honest about our biases. I really believe in that. But like, I am a I'm, I'm a part of all of these systems and I needed to, before I could write about it, I needed to wrestle with my own complicated system so that I could like walk alongside the reader in honesty and authenticity instead of, you know, obviously I have some expertise, at least not all the expertise, but I have some expertise to share as a therapist and as a deaconess in this, but also as Heidi, who has grown and is also growing every day. And who's that in my own therapist's office and my own pastor's offices and ask them questions about what, what was okay to feel and what wasn't. Where did I need to maybe change my thinking? And where did I just need to let God 
wash over me in his grace and what was sin and what wasn't sin, you know, and how my body processes things and where's the old Adam, where's the new Adam, all those different questions. So I think that it's always serves us well when we're willing to share a little bit of that vulnerability so that we can be honest about what we know and what we don't know then. And I think I'm very pleased with, thanks to editing as well, <laughs> the way that the book turned out with the layers of vulnerability and personal story, admitting my own complicated relationship with emotion in different spaces that hopefully will allow the reader to see and process their own complications then as well. Yeah, there's always vulnerability when we talk about, which we've talked about before, vulnerability <laughs> with exploring these emotions and, and maybe getting to some things inside your own head that that aren't necessarily really comfortable, but it's it's a good thing to process through those and to have this this gospel lens to look at all of these things and to ask those big questions that you just mentioned to kind of work through all of this in a in a safe space, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So, for setting some expectations, what 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 are we looking forward to? What what do you want listeners and and readers, I suppose, to to get at to really understand as we as we walk through this book together? Mm -hmm. I think the title is really telling, and I was really glad at what we got to with the final finished title, that this book is for emotions and the gospel, that mm -hmm. the gospel is for our emotions. It's a, it's applied to our emotion as it is applied to all of us, our whole selves. It's also applied to us each time we need it <laughs> for our emotion. And the gospel in its fullness, not just because we need the gospel, because we're terrible sinners and we throw emotions all over the place. No, I mean, there is those too that happens, but also like being emotional is not sinful. Having emotions is not sinful. And so the gospel in that broader context of God wanting to know me and have a relationship with me, him sending Jesus to die and rise for me so that I could share these things with him in relationship instead of, you know, being separated and tar apart. And so I really want the reader to be able to walk away knowing that God is the creator of emotions. We experience them in brokenness, but we also experience them as humans. Like we will have emotions in heaven. <laughs> and it, there's a whole lot to sort through with that, what that looks like, right? We'll have emotions when Jesus comes back, that God is emotional himself, but the gospel is there as well in every corner of it. When we bring those emotions out of the corner of the room and they do feel so vulnerable and we talk about them and figure that out, that he's there too, that we're not alone in this, that he's walking with us in it. I noticed in the book, there are discussion questions. How do you envision those being used? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I try to design my books, my standard nonfiction books that are Bible studies, especially so that they can be used in a setting of small groups, Bible studies, or some kind of discussion. I, first of all, I believe in it, right? The subtitle created for connection. How about if we connect around the, like that? That would be amazing. <laughs> that the body of Christ is a place that should be safer, right? To discuss these things. I I understand that that isn't always true, and I'm sure we'll get into that, but that that is one thing. We want this to be a family of God where we can bring this stuff to. And so I think the discussion questions are really meant to bring that to bear. Like, where is it in our lives? How do we process the things that are talked about in this book, the, both the biblical aspects, the research aspects, things like that. And then also, I think the... Um, at the end of the day for the reader even to use independently because a book is, you know, it's like great to read words, but when we processed it and for what it actually reflects 
for ourselves and our own relationship with God, as well as other people and our sense of self, then that's the good stuff. Like that's what I heard for. So for people who, when they hear the word emotion, get a little, <clears throat> get a little, I don't know, squishy feeling on the inside. Do you have <laughs> advice for them? For them? Yeah, like, like bad feeling or like, yes, like, like awkward? Like, mm, I don't, I don't, I don't like this. Talk about that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for those people, because I know that they're out there, I'm related to many of them. <laughs> you know, it's what the, is your advice? <laughs> yes, the, to like edge into this, right? Right. Well, I think that the dedication, the very first page, is a dedication to my dad, and it says something about how he didn't love emotion, but he loved me enough to let me have them. And so, like, I grew up in a family that is amazing, and it also wasn't entirely comfortable with emotions in some ways and then really comfortable with them in other ways. And, you know, we're all just a mess. So, but it, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so I, that's one reason the personal stories are there. And part of my complicated relationship with emotions is figuring that out. You know, I'm, I'm a loose friend, like a trained loose friend church worker also. And so there have been places where I've been taught that like, you know, emotions, we need to be kind of conscious of. And so processing what that means and, and where that's true, where that not entirely true, you know, and all of that good stuff. And so I think we are going to address that in the book, that like squishiness that feels a little bit like, oh, I don't know. And I also talk about that pendulum swing where in churches, sometimes we see emotional manipulation, right? Where we try to get people to feel certain things about God. We also see maybe the absence of emotion at times where we really do need to be engaged in that. And so there's so much good stuff to talk about, even for the um, the people who are not into the squishy version of it. <laughs> All right. Next week, what are we going to take a look at? We're going to move into the first chapter, right? Yeah, it's true. Foundations of Emotion is, so the book is divided into a few parts and we can probably talk about that a little bit on the next podcast, but we'll start with those emotional foundations. So we have that good theological understanding as well as you know, a, a sense of the psychology and sociology of it all as well. All right. How do we find emotions in the gospel created for connection by Heidi Gaiman? Sure. There's a landing page, they call it, that we can put in the notes and you can download a free chapter, the first chapter in the introduction that we just went over on that landing page. And so we'll have a link in the show notes, and I'll have it all over social media and stuff this week as well. But that's at cph.org backslash, that it's emotions and the gospel, but with M dashes between each. I don't even think it's called an M dash, but you know what I've talked about, dashes between each word. Got it. Got it. We'll put the, the link in the notes today yes, we will. as well. <laughs> no, it's too confusing. Emotions and the Gospel from Heidi Gaiman and Concordia Publishing House. It has been a fun Mental Health Monday, and we will catch up again next week as we dig into the first chapter. Heidi, always a joy, always a pleasure to get to chat with you. Thanks for being our guest today. Thanks for having me. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Don't